to accelerate your thrust our uh usually weekly zoom cloud meeting <laughs> uh my name is dan and i'm eric all right so do you think that uh they really have meetings in the clouds uh yeah maybe like the angels <laughs> yeah the, the, well, or, that's what i was talking those, about are those guys with the round glasses that uh try they use fishing poles I don't know mm. if you remember that they they floated around in the clouds. Yeah, uh, I, in, I I in, do in Mario. In Mario, yes. Yeah. Yep. So those Mario are cloud World. meetings. Um, mm. Yeah, those are cloud meetings. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, mm. yeah, angels. I guess I was thinking. Of, I, I was right with you there. Uh, angels, maybe even devils. Oh, yeah. Because like, I mean, I'm sure devils hang out in the clouds sometimes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Probably more like well plumes of smoke yeah like black yeah, black true. fire clouds well i was thinking maybe like <laughs> sometimes you know how like angels are devils in disguise oh or devils are angels in disguise rather wow i, I mean guess that I happens i mean it mm. yeah lucifer he, he was an angel right exactly yeah. so like yeah lucifer hanging out in the clouds with diamonds yeah we Lucifer just, in the clouds with diamonds. Yes, exactly. We just changed history. <laughs> Congratulations. Holy crap. We just did that uh, in the first two minutes of our podcast. Can you believe that? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, I can. Too. We're always changing history. Yeah. Based on what we talk about, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> huh. So. Wow. What do you got for us today, Eric? What do I got? Anything? What do you got? Uh, Kirk Hammett uh, from Metallica. He uh, uh -huh. just released an EP of cinematic horror music. So that's no cool. Shit. Yeah. Wow. So, so I might be reviewing that coming up because you know what? I like Kirk Hammett and I don't care. Like, he seems like a down to earth dude. I mean, he seems kind of like a wiener, you know, but uh he seems cool and uh mm -hmm. I think he's a true horror fan. I really think that mm -hmm. um yeah, actually there was a picture of him when I was a kid, a photograph in a magazine. I think it was Rip, if you remember Rip. Uh but uh it was just him sitting in his room with a bunch of um horror toys and magazines and movies and stuff. And I would sort of pour over that photograph when I was a kid and just be like, Oh my God, look at all Kirk's cool shit. So I don't know, but <laughs> that has nothing yeah, to do I, with anything, but uh, I just think he seems like a pretty cool guy and I am willing to give, give the EP a chance. Yeah. Out of all of the um, Metallica members, he definitely seems like the coolest one. I yeah. also really like Jason Newstead. Yeah. Um, I did. I, yeah. I really liked Jason Newstead. He seemed like a really cool guy. And I think it was awesome. I, if, have you seen the Some Kind of Monster documentary? Uh, yeah. Uh huh. I, sure I think it was awesome that he was just like, well, if I can't do this thing, this Echo Brain side project, yeah. and Metallica at the same time, if that bothers you that much, Mr. Hetfield. Yeah. I guess that I'm going to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. I thought, yeah. I mean, 
to to leave the the most successful metal band of all time, arguably, mm, in I'd that say way. So. Yeah, it's really, really that had to have been a, a hard decision for him. Yeah, well, I mean, Echo Brain is so amazing; it's almost like no choice, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I listened to Echo Brain uh, a couple times, and I honestly do not remember a thing about it. I think it, <laughs> if I remember, I think it was sort of not very good grunge music, but I might be sure. wrong. I don't know. He did put out a record under the name Newstead, which mm. was a metal record, and he was the fr- he was fronting it. Oh. It was pretty good. It was pretty huh. good. It wasn't amazing. It was, wow. it was, it, but it was pretty good. That I, that was a few years ago. Hmm. Well, and he, he was also in Flotsam and Jetsam too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 His legacy is firmly intact. Uh, yes. Was just, and he was in yeah. Voivod for a while too. Nice. About that. I love so, Voivod. Me yeah. too. You know, I like Robert Trujillo, though. I mean, I don't have a problem with him. Yeah, suicidal tendencies. Yeah, and infectious grooves. And he seems, like, endlessly stoked to be playing, you know? And uh, sure, I I think it's good. I think it's a good thing. It is weird as shit, though, that in between that, he played with Ozzy. (laughs) That in between uh, joining uh, between Suicidal and Metallica? Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Why is that weird? Well, I don't, I just have never thought Ozzy's music needed funky slap bass. So, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but neither did Metallica's. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. I mean, the first album was Saint Anger with Robert Trujillo, if that yeah. tells you anything, which that's I don't true. think Trujillo had any, any input on that record at all. Yeah. No, they were like, just shut up, crab walk. <laughs> play the fucking songs <laughs> and don't start any side projects yeah yeah <laughs> from this point on you never knew mike Muir. you never knew ozzy osborne <laughs> i would have loved to have seen the documentary on the making of lulu like lou reed i'm not gonna let you walk on in here and ruin this metal shit with your art stuff yeah uh... with your funky art <laughs> <laughs> Like we find out it was a really horrible experience for both of them. Yeah. They were just faking the uh being excited about it. Yeah. It was just Lou and, and Rob hanging out surfing. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah. The only cool member is that suicidal tendencies guy. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pretty um, much. Hmm. But well, I mean, lots of musicians like uh who was it? Uh the drummer of Faith No More. Um Puffy. Puffy, yes, yeah. uh the uh rapper. Um yeah. he yeah. uh he he drummed for Ozzy too on Ozfest for a while. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was yeah. between leaving Faith No More and reuniting with Faith No More. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a pretty good side gig for a while though. It really is. Oh, I'm yeah. sure that it pays well. Yeah. Could you imagine playing well, alongside? Well, they got to play a bunch of Sabbath stuff too. That's true. That's true. Could you imagine playing alongside Zach Wild though? I, I mean, think I'd be afraid the whole time. I I would be. There's <laughs> he's kind no of a way. big toughie. 
you know? Yeah, he's really, um, you know, and <laughs> I guess that Pantera is getting back together. Yeah, and I was just uh, thinking about that because I can't imagine two people I would uh, hate to hang out with more than Zach Wilde and Phil Anselmo. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, I would rather I I'd rather die. And I'm not even joking. Like listening to <laughs> Phil Anselmo talk. It's like a soulless, dead demon whose voice is just like pumped through him like bellows, like from hell. Like it just comes through him. He doesn't even have any reaction to what he's saying. And it just comes through like he's not even in control. I don't know how to explain it. I know that sounds weird, but he's seriously like, and then, oh, Bandero. I was on drugs. I died for three fucking minutes. Uh, like, that's his life. I I hate him. I hate him so much. He does. He does sound like Gore, like in real life. <laughs> and then and then Zach, what's he gonna do? Just be like, yeah, Phil, that's fucked up. I was dead for a couple minutes once too. Uh, when I crashed my hog, you know, it's like, oh my yeah. god, such dudes. I could not He's be around a- them. <laughs> total biker i don't remember who's who's replacing because there's somebody else who because obviously dimebag daryl and his brother both are dead yeah, vinnie paul so i, I yeah vinnie dead. paul so i can't remember who's replacing vinnie paul but there's somebody uh, else like the drummer, drummer charlie benante from yeah anthrax. from anthrax yeah. yes exactly yeah anthrax seems Charlie's like pretty, cool anthrax just seems like cool guys all the way though like yeah, I mean, Scott Ian seems like a really stand-up guy. Yeah, um, Danny Spitz seems like yeah, a Danny Spitz. Cool I mean, Anthrax just yeah, exactly. Frank Bello seems like I don't know, just kind of a guy, but he doesn't seem like a yep. dick. Yeah, no, he really doesn't. They all don't. None <laughs> the of only really one I can think of is Joey Belladonna. That might be a little, I don't know, egotistical maybe, but yeah. I don't know. I don't have any. uh reason to think that other than just his voice i feel like anyone who sings like that probably isn't a meek mild person <laughs> yeah. you know probably i doubt he's not. like oh just sing in a heavy metal band no i don't <laughs> i don't think that's how he probably acts if he had that voice then i would automatically he would automatically be a cool guy if that <laughs> yeah you guys ready to play cotton amash yeah uh, this is a this is a song called "Bring the Noise." It's with our friends Public Enemy. Take it away, yeah. Chuck. <laughs> Take it away, Chuck. Hear yeah. the drummer get wicked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's turning into almost like Snagglepuss. <laughs> yeah, Snagglepuss. <laughs> that would be so great. Anthrax, though. Woo. But boy, what a great name for a band, Anthrax. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, when uh, when Joey quit, they brought in um, Snagglepuss to, <laughs> to replace him. Well, he John was the closest Snaggle, we could find. Snagglebush was his name. Snaggle, John Snagglebush. <laughs> yeah, that boy. Those <laughs> records were, those oh. records were a little tough to get through all the time. I didn't care for him. They were definitely they went mm. and they did what every metal band did at that in during that time, which was try to go like somewhat new metal slash grunge yeah it's I mean, really funny how much time we spend talking about heavy metal <laughs> it really is <laughs> and then but... we barely even review heavy metal yeah we, we never review he- we do sometimes i think like i mean what i we've reviewed cave in until your heart stops on here we reviewed um oh yeah uh, we, been... 
we reviewed a lot of metal, but we do compared to how much we talk about metal. Holy smoke. Absolutely. And basically this is a metal podcast (laughs) where we talk about avant-garde music. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Because as everyone knows, I'm a huge metal poser. So it's like, yes, I just talk about it. I don't listen to it. I'm definitely would not definitely am not what you would consider a real metal head. Yeah. I'm more like a fake metal head. Yeah, I, I heard something. I I didn't actually read this, but on uh, Hip Hop DX, I saw that Kanye West made somebody a Soul to Soul mixtape. You remember Soul to Soul? Yeah, well, no, Back to Life? I think it was some Is that sort their of, song? Yeah, weren't they? Yeah, Back I guess, I guess he made a, somebody like a mixtape of like, collection of his favorite songs from soul to soul (laughs) but or if that's like the name of like a new mixtape from kanye west or something wow which kanye west is not at the level where he needs to be making mixtapes so that would be pretty interesting if that's the case but yeah i don't know what the deal is yeah and i'm not gonna comment i'm not gonna comment any further but I just saw that headline and I thought that, huh. that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, other, Back to Life is a great song. It is. It is a great it, song. Like the, the main refrain that everyone remembers is fine, you know, back to life, back to reality, that one. But when it when it gets to the, however do you want me, however do you need me, that part's so good. <laughs> it is. It is. That is a great song. I really liked that fake pop uh, techno stuff in the late 80s, early 90s. Sure. Like, like um technotronic rules. Yep. Like technotronic is amazing. So is that um Nina Cherry. Remember her? Oh man, Buffalo Stance. Buffalo Stance is so good. Such a and good song. And in the break, <laughs> she goes, You know no, I'm me. me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. And do you want to know something really funny or sure. interesting? Or maybe it's not either of those things. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite records that I consider to be horribly underrated is uh Duck Rock by Malcolm McLaren. I think I've probably mentioned it on here a few times, but Malcolm McLaren, you know, he was the manager for the Sex Pistols and then went on to manage Adamant and then Bow Oh, wow. sure. Yes. Uh, yeah, you, you, yeah. I don't think you mentioned that record, but so, when yeah. we, didn't we review an Adam and the Ants record? Yes. Yep. Yes, okay. Uh, Kings of the Wild Frontier. I think, yeah, you phenomenal. might have mentioned it then. If you guys haven't listened to that, you should listen to it. But It's a great record. Duck Rock. This is a true story. Uh, Malcolm McLaren set out to make a record about American traditional music, specifically um, uh, square dancing music. Mm-hmm. Okay. But while he was here, he also got way into the New York hip hop underground. This is like 1980. So like the very, very beginning. Right. And um, anyway, so one of the songs is called uh, Buffalo Girls. And, oh, yes. Yes. And it's um, it is a hip hop square dancing song. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but here's what's kind of interesting from the video for that. Uh, you remember when um, uh, Pharrell was wearing those big hats? Yes. And they were called Buffalo Hats. Buffalo Hats, yes. Yeah, that was from the video for that song. Oh, okay. And the main sample and lyrical outline of 
Buffalo stance is also taken from Buffalo girls from duck rock. Huh? That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, and, and duck rock totally rules. Like everyone should, whatever we review on the rest of this episode, actually go listen to duck rock. <laughs> <laughs> I you might actually think it sucks because it is goofy as hell. Like I just said, it's a square dancing hip hop record. So yeah. Yeah, it's really weird, but it's super cut up samples, uh, recordings from uh, real radio hip hop radio shows from that time, like middle of the night call in hip hop shows. It's just really, really something. It's a time capsule. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Uh, I know the song Buffalo Girls because De La Soul sampled it also on um, on uh, Stakes is High, Buffalo Girls is sampled or at least referenced yeah. in it. I don't know if nice. the sample is. I actually let me let me rewind back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I can't confirm that it's actually sampled of the song, but they do reference it, which makes ah. me think it probably is sampled in one of the songs. Which, forgive me, I can't think of the title of it right now. I just know that it's track eight. Nice. And it's so good. All uh, right. They all were so awesome at that, though, like sampling a bunch of shit. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, um, I have to mention also, there's a song called Whip Smart. You may have heard it um, mm-hmm. by Liz Fair. There's a song on Duck Rock called Double Dutch. And mm-hmm. the one of the main lines, one of the main refrains of that song is, when they do the double Dutch, that's them dancing. And Liz oh. Fair took that line for Whip Smart oh, too. Oh wow! I know, I know. That's insane. So there was like, it seems like this thing was uh, kind of a pop culture icon sort it, of. It was an underground hip hop classic, like super underground. There is no way. I bet you anything. There is no way that the Beastie Boys have not tackled that at some point in their career. You know, uh, I think they did sample some of the interlude kind of things that happen in the sure there just knowing like the way you're describing it uh yeah that just sounds like gold for the beastie boys you know yeah i don't know i would like to i would like to uh, look into that i'm not sure speaking of looking into things i think i have to um come clean about something i gave an outrageously misinformed review last week of Angel Rada. Uh, well, maybe it's not outrageous, but here's the deal. Stupid-ass Spotify, who uh, I have to mention we are sponsored by Spotify. No, we're not. <laughs> um, uh, Spotify. Another misinformed take. Yeah, uh, Spotify <laughs> will list things that got uploaded in 2022 as being released in 2022. And that sucks because it's not accurate, especially if you look like I think the worst one I've seen is probably Swans, Mm -hmm. where it's like every album came out in the 2010s. And it's like, uh, no, it didn't like. Sure. And I know that and I still didn't do my research. And so the Angel Rada record we reviewed did not come out in 2022. It came out in 1983. So that explains nearly any of the interesting questions I had about it, <laughs> about the sound of it, the production, his influence, every aspect of it is now sort of in question because it really makes a big difference if it came out in 1983 or 2022. Big time. So uh, 
I just wanted to say, like, even though I did throughout the review state the caveat of I don't know much about him. You should look into it. You guys do the research. I don't know. Even with that being said, I still was super wrong. And uh, I felt really dumb about it. Did you so, say, did you say that it came out in 2022? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I approached really? it as if it just came out. So uh, huh. anyway, I, I I guess I just don't remember you actually saying, but yeah. I guess I don't remember anything about our dates. But, <laughs> well, it's really, really, it's really easy. Spotify. It's really easy to get that wrong with Spotify. For yeah. Sure. It's really frustrating. And I'll have to obviously just try harder to get my research right. And sure. I'm willing to do that. And I will do that. And I just wanted to throw that out there. That, <laughs> you uh, know, what's you know, what's no, ironic whatever. about that. What's that? Iron- what's ironic about that. You remember my pick subtitle had yeah. the same situation going right. on, except yep. not as bad because it actually came out in what? 2011. Right. So there's only like an yeah. eight year difference. So right. it really didn't really wouldn't have made that much of a, Right. Difference. But with Angel Rada, that I can definitely see how Angel Rada with it coming out in 83 versus 2020. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge difference because because then you can really say that like Angel Rada probably did inspire a lot of stuff after it, especially that record. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Which I'm so, sure happened 100 percent Yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to say I know. I know I'm dumb. That's about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. For all the listeners are like, this guy's dumb. I don't trust him anymore because he's he's too dumb and doesn't do his research. I swear I will work <laughs> harder own at it. And I will not uh, trust Spotify well, when it comes Eric, to dates. You know? You're not the dumb one. Spotify is. Well. They're the ones who are giving out the misinformation. Yeah, but the fool me twice sort of thing, you know, because it definitely I passed. feel a lawsuit <laughs> coming on. Ooh. You made me look like an idiot. <laughs> You're going to court. Now that was, <laughs> that was a total mob voice. We need to join yeah. the mob. Yeah. Dude. Um, that's how we're gonna get our money from Spotify. What am I, a clown? Do you Spotify? Yeah. To make you fucking laugh? <laughs> what do you do? do, do, do you think that's a spicy that's a synthesizer? Spicy. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> a spicy synthesizer. Okay, now we're just being racist. <laughs> oh man. Holy hell. I'll wow. tell you what though, man. Meatballs are good. Oh boy. Yeah. I love I like, me some I like, meatballs. I like meatless balls. <laughs> <laughs> let's Apparently, talk about records. Jesus. Yeah, God. let's do that. Let's do that. Cause we're uh, gonna, everything leads into something else with me, and we oh, just end too. up like, you know. Um, (laughs) so who goes first this time? Well, um, so I will start. All right. Sounds good. All right. So let me find just uh, one quick piece of info here. Holy crap. <laughs> okay. Record time. It's record time. Come on, everybody. It's record time. All right. Uh, so my pick this week is by a artist named Masma Dream World. Well, 
the artist's real name is Devi Mambuka, but the project is called Masma Dream World. This is a cool, cool record. <clears throat> and so how I heard of this is through Mr. Chris Wersema, who is a local taste maker. He um, runs the Feed Me Weird Things series. He's in Death Bag with Gabby Vanek. And he's an all-around cool guy. I like him. And so anyway, Masma Dream World is part of Feed Me Weird Things Feast, which is a festival coming up in November. And so Masma Dream World will be playing at Gabe's on November 4th in Iowa City. With all that being said, it is really different. All the things that we review on here, I... Not all the things, but a lot of the things I say, oh, I don't even have the words to describe it. And that usually is somewhat hyperbolic. This time, I I really, it really is kind of true. It's very unlike anything I've ever heard before. So I'll try to describe what's happening or what I heard, and we'll just go from there. But yeah, it's very intriguing. It feels almost more like being an archaeologist than a listener. Like you're digging through layers and layers of things and those layers they go a lot of different places there's lots of cool like tribal rhythms there's like really intense layered sort of like dexterous vocals like they go a lot of different places sometimes there's a like group vocals that almost sound like 50s girl group stuff in a totally weird way the vocals sometimes would get so far out that it's almost like Diamanda Gallus or something like, but really interesting, very cinematic. Sometimes it, it sounds like field recordings. Like there's one track that kind of just sounds like, like they recorded a market in like Morocco or something like just recorded the sounds of the market and there's drums. What it really reminds me of, and this is a kind of a weird reference, but if you know it, you know it in the, first part of the exorcist it happens in iraq and it it's like a little story at the beginning about the preacher anyway there's a scene where there's um some guys and they're hammering on something in a circle and the metal the sound of the metal hammers is like really almost hypnotic uh anyway uh, some of the aspects of this record reminded me of that so it's really weird there is that element of like field recordings from Places far away from America. I think it's an extremely deep and dense listening experience. Like, I don't even know how to describe how sort of deep the sounds go. Like, they some are very surface. There's like elements of hip hop. Like, there's, you know, there might be a trap kind of hi-hat for a little while that is very upfront in the mix and very obvious what it is. And then there's things that you may not even understand what you're hearing. With all that being said, though, I think that it's super listenable and engaging. It sounds like what I'm describing is just a hodgepodge of weirdness, but I think it, it it's very cohesive and a very cool experience. In the description, it states that it uses theta frequency waves. This is a concept that there are certain frequencies that affect different elements of your being. So like, just maybe your constitution or you, it could work help with anxiety or just getting you into more of a hip 
hypnagogic state or hypnotic state. Anyway, it says that it uses that. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I think if there was some sort of nexus where African head charge, the bug, bow, wow, wow, Diamanda Gallus and the residents came together, then that maybe would start to describe it. It has a deep dub element to it. It has crazy backwards vocals uh, at times that are have like kind of off key harmonies and a very resonance like, but yeah, I, I don't know exactly what else I can say about it. I would say that if you're into sort of like, I guess what would have been called world music back in the day, you would like elements of it. I think if you like dub, I think if you just like experimental stuff that you can actually put on and it's not off putting, you know, I think this is very intriguing yet accessible. I don't know. What'd you think, Dan? Yeah, I really thought that probably even more so than you, Eric, um, mm-hmm. that I just really cannot compare this to really anything else, like just solidly. Like it's it's really one of those things where I feel like it totally exists on its within its own thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. And but it's it's a very captivating very atmospheric, uh, mesmerizing, hypnotic, all those things that you described, Eric. Mm -hmm. It's very much a listening experience. Like you said, Eric, it's, it's, there are parts of it that I think are very rap uh, slash electronic inspired. I know that there was one, one track that started off where I was thinking, okay, where's this where exactly is this going? Because it, it started off sounding like a trap beat, sort of. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it was just this sort of like, I don't know. Parts of this record kind of gave me the feeling of like, uh, sort of like a uh, ritual going on, like mm-hmm. chanting, you know, yeah. type stuff. And uh, then other parts of it were very, just very percussion driven, which was really cool. Almost had like a like a tribal element to it mm-hmm. for lack of a better way to describe it. But then yes, the, the weird vocals were just, just added like this whole sort of element to it that just made it sound like it didn't even exist on this planet. It's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. It's, it's really just an engaging experience. Um, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say these are sort of comparisons because again i can't really compare it to anything else completely but like i heard some pretty like free jazz elements at times so i think that if you're like into like fusion jazz type stuff this album might appeal to you there's also like a new age element kind of going on which mm-hmm. i think kind of goes hand in hand with what were the frequencies frequencies <laughs> called again theta uh, frequencies theta frequencies yeah. yeah um i think that kind of goes hand in hand with that i definitely felt that and then I would say another artist that at times this really reminded me of was Throbbing Gristle mm-hmm. at times, just because it was so kind of seemed to have like a um, a view that I'm going to show you a different way to maybe look at and experience and listen to music. And that's exactly how I would describe at least the early Throbbing Gristle stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah that there really were, you know, there really were no rules to any of 
Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was a very just definitely cinematic moments. Um, and yeah, it was it was a very intriguing listen. And I think yeah. if you're into any sort of experimental avant-garde music, um, I think this would be your cup of tea uh, for sure. Um, and if you're into, yeah, I didn't even think about like the sort of residence comparisons when you're <laughs> talking about the off-kilter vocals and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's totally true. Yeah, I it it's it's a really tough one to nail down, and you know, but that's not a bad thing at all. Very interesting, and it's it's. I'll tell you that it was interesting enough for me to listen to like three times. Nice, you know, and that's with a record like this. That's kind of rare for me, you mm-hmm. know, and so it's it's definitely interesting, and I think even if you're not into experimental uh music so much i think this could still appeal to you like Mm -hmm. like eric said it's a very listenable it's it's an enjoyable experience but maybe it's something that you have to for me anyway i would have to approach it as like listening to it which is this is how i did it listening to it on the headphones with like really nothing else going on and just really letting it kind of take you to another place mm-hmm. that's exactly what it did nice so yeah. i i really enjoyed it cool i, so, I forgot to name say the name of the record <laughs> oh yes it's yes. play at night yes yes um very very good if you're into any of that stuff for sure okay so continuing with some more hip-hop uh some more sort of on the more experimental side, though I would say that this is definitely not as experimental or wild as the subtitle pick that I had last uh, mm-hmm. episode. This is um, Brahim Supreme, uh, and the name of the record is Doggone Serious. The only thing I know um, about Rahim Supreme is that he's from Washington, D.C., and that he is prolific as hell. I think just... In 2022 alone, he's already released four albums. And he he just has a whole bunch of records. So this is a very interesting... I actually did not listen to this record before I picked it. I listened to other Raheem Supreme records, but I wanted to uh, pick something that was like the most current. And then I, I shit you not, by the time I picked this he had already come out with another record. (laughs) Like that seems to be how quick he puts out records. So this is uh, a very lo-fi produced record. Um, I would say it's very funky and spacey and kind of weird. The beats are very gritty and really has like an 80s. At times it has a very 80s, almost like, television theme aesthetic to it um i mean there are times where it straight up sounds like mall wave like the beats do uh but then there are other times where it sounds very sort of conscious boom bap sort of stuff as well and it's really kind of the way the music is produced like the production on it and everything um is really um done in a way that I, I really can't describe it a hundred percent. It's kind of a mishmash of a lot of different, a lot of different things I feel. 
Um, I guess like the best way I would describe this would be like dark, funky, boom bap or something like that. Um, lyrically, Raheem Supreme is just rapping his ass off on like every song. It's just like literally like bars upon bars upon bars. It's just, I mean, to the point where there's almost not really a chorus on a lot of songs yet it's very catchy it's very like the music itself is very catchy and and there is there are definitely like hooks on some of the songs but i mean some of the some of the songs he's just rapping just like almost like non-stop it seems like and then just all of a sudden like abruptly quits and yeah i mean it's it's a pretty difficult album to completely narrow down and and describe but the sound of his voice, I think it kind of gives it sort of like a nerdy outsider mm-hmm. element somewhat. And so in that way, I could definitely compare it, uh, at least his voice a little bit to like subtitle. But overall, I would say that his aesthetic, his sort of like the way he presents himself, his delivery reminds me a lot. And I mean a lot uh, like cool Keith, mm-hmm. not even just his delivery and the way that he sounds, it's his cadence, the way that he raps, what he raps about. And also he does a lot of talking sometimes before he starts rapping, which is exactly what cool Keith does. I mean, a lot of MCs do mm-hmm. that, but also um, it seems like he's kind of almost, and I don't, I have no idea. I cannot confirm this, but it almost seems like he's almost following the same career path as somebody like cool Keith, because cool Keith does this cool. Keith is basically, in my opinion, the godfather of like sort of this underground indie rap that we're seeing now Mm -hmm. where it's, it's not really totally underground because he's pretty well known, but at the same time he puts out like five records a year Hmm. and some of them, and they kind of vary in like presentation. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're really lo-fi. Sometimes they're really produced very well. Sometimes they're maybe like a, it's, it's more like a trap record. Sometimes it's more like a, uh, old school jazz hip hop record. Sometimes, you know, and that's kind of in that sense, Raheem Supreme really reminds me of cool Keith, but he's got his own style, his own take on it. I would also say that if you're into, if you're into eighties, old school beats, 90s R&B, modern boom bap, and if you're into all things lo-fi, as well as just a whole other like, whole other list of things that I can't really put my finger on when it comes to like underground hip hop. I really think that you would enjoy this. There's, there's lyrically, some of the lyrics are really goofy. Sometimes he seems to be rapping about conspiracy stuff. Sometimes he seems to be rapping kind of of this weird sort of commentary on current events. And then other times he just kind of toots his own horn a little bit, you know, which (laughs) I mean, most rappers do that, the braggadocio type stuff. Right. But it's always really interesting, especially the way that he flows. He always keeps it really interesting and always um, makes me want to hear the next song and what he's going to be doing. I would also say if you're into MF Doom, um, if you're into Wu-Tang Clan, particularly ODB, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of old dirty bastard in this. I would say a little bit of anti-pop consortium. Um, not so much the electrics, electronic side of anti-pop consortium, but I definitely hear like um 
hear some of the rappers from Anti-Pop Consortium in his voice as well. Hmm. Say a little bit of Outcast, a little bit of Dell, the funky homo sapien, and just, you know, overall good underground lo-fi hip-hop. I think that you would really dig this. I, I don't know. I, I kind of strug- struggle a little bit to describe this as well, but at the same time, like it, I guess the, the, the best thing I can say about this record, the, the last thought I can have about it is, it feels new to me, yet somewhat oddly familiar and oddly like nostalgic at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's kind of like a hip hop record where I feel like it hasn't quite been done before, or I've never really heard a rap record that is exactly like this. But at the same time, it kind of has like a like a warm feeling to it, like I'm coming home to something I've heard before. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Eric? I I like this a lot. Um. I do have to say when I first saw the name Rahim, I was like, oh shit, we're going to listen to a beatboxing record. Right. <laughs> um, but no, this is Rahim Supreme, which is different. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is something. And when it first starts, I kind of like this when it happens where you start an album and you're like, wait, is something wrong here? Right. Like, are my headphones not working right? Or, or something, you know, cause it is so lo-fi and bassy i literally thought like oh i'm gonna have to change the settings on something because this is so muffled like everything sounded kind of like underwater for the first Mm -hmm. couple tracks and then it's like uh slowly this happened with the uh, portishead three record too actually slowly it starts to clean up and starts to get a little brighter and when the vocals come in they start to you know over time it kind of it feels honestly like you're coming out of being submerged underwater i don't know it's really odd um but yeah i i thought that was cool i there's crazy samples in here the way they're processed is strange too it's like swirling like the the panning effect of it is like whole lot of love you know by led zeppelin that kind of swirling panning um, it's really dynamic. Some of the samples are very quiet while some come through really loud. Sometimes it's smooth. Sometimes it's super choppy and weird. Like it just isn't beholden necessarily to any sort of uh, process. It feels like, you know, it's like, oh, we found a sample. Let's use it. But yeah, it's like the samples are everything from jazz to electro to heavy rock. And they're just sort of taken out of context and processed until it fits the song, um, which is really cool. And uh, a lot of dreamy, weird sounds. So a lot of vibraphone, a lot of theremin um, type sounds. Um, And I think it's supposed to sort of conjure up like a 50s sci-fi movie kind of feel, you know? So I think that works really well. Uh, one thing that was weird is there's a full minute of silence at the end of the song Ghetto Golden Child. Yes, which I don't four. understand on any level. It's just like the song yeah. plays and then it stops and then for a minute nothing happens and then the next song starts. And I don't know if it's just supposed to like mess with you as a listener or <laughs> if they uploaded it and didn't trim it right. I have no yeah. idea but it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I was, I was um, expecting like a hidden track or something. Yeah. You know? like, something that no, just like in the middle of the record, it's like the third song or third or fourth song. Or I, I think it's, I think it's the fourth song. Yeah. 
so that was weird. But um, as far as the rapping goes, super great flow. Um, like Dan said, it's super nerdy delivery. It's out of key and it's exhaustive. You know, like uh, there's a concept in weightlifting. It's where you lift to failure or exhaustion. And uh, that's how I feel like this is. It's like he raps until he's out of breath. You know, like it's just he has so much to say so quickly that he's like, it's almost asthmatic, you know, but it, it works really well. It keeps you interested in what's happening. It keeps you, um, it keeps the mood elevated. It makes it exciting. And so I think that's cool. And then as far as the subject matter, yeah, there's some braggadocia and there's some sort of self, I don't know how you say it, uh, promotion or whatever, but the rest of the time, it's really fun subjects, mostly about aliens video games, that sort of fair, you know, real nerdy. Yeah. Uh, my comparisons as far as the rapping are similar to what Dan said. Cool Keith, ODB. I mean, those are almost undeniable. I also said diggable planets, uh, mm, yes. not just in the jazzy samples, but also in the, in the rap delivery. I'm not sure which of the three rappers I'm thinking of specifically in diggable planets, but yeah, so it like Dan said, it does feel fresh and new and weird and different, but also there was a time period, I don't even know when that would have been, probably like 1999 or something where Boomer take. this feels akin to it. It feels similar, you know, and especially Cool Keith um, and even Dr. Octagon to an extent, you know, Absolutely. but it's the, the delivery for sure. So overall... I thought it was really cool. Uh, the The production is something that I think you could listen through this a number of times and focus on a different sound or sample in each song and have a different listening experience. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I could have done with some more beatboxing though. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it, uh, totally agree with you. It is uh I guess I'd be agreeing with myself because I said it first that it's <laughs> like a relic from an old time, but yeah. at the same time, very new and very like, like it could only be, it feels like it could only be made today at the same time, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. pretty interesting stuff. Okay. So now we are on to the local review, which is uh, from the quad cities by way of a guy named Andrew Stewart Klein of the band Aqualife. Um, now, he mentioned that Aqualife basically had changed. Aqualife was Andrew's solo project. Mm -hmm. And I think he named, he renamed the whole project Glurge. So this is the first offer from Glurge. And I think I'm saying it right. Eric and I kind of had somewhat of a... Um, we were kind of trying to make sure we were saying it right, but I'm going to go ahead and call it Glurge. And uh, yeah. Andrew knows me. So if he wants to correct me, he could. Well, I'll call it Glurg so that one of us is right. Sir, one of us is right. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to say Glurge and it might be Glurg. We'll just say that. So it's based out of the Quad Cities. Um, he's a primarily a keyboard player who has done some stuff with Condor and Jaybird and Mountain Swallower. Mm -hmm. And he's been in some other bands as well. Uh, from that area i think he might currently be in mountain swallower but this is another um 
in a much different way than Masma Dream World. Uh, this is another project that I, uh, I really can't say that I've exactly heard anything else like it. I think uh, it's amazing. Well, the first thing that's really interesting about it is that it was actually recorded on a four track recorder. If you read the Bandcamp notes, that is really cool that people are still using that technology and coming out with something that is so interesting and captivating. The way that I would describe this would be where to start. It's like dreamy new wave with some distorted vocals, I guess. And I don't even know if that's really distortion or if it's like reverb. There's a lot of things that I can't really exactly tell what it is on this record. And I, and that's, that's awesome. I would say that it's very dark very atmospheric, pretty experimental. It sometimes is kind of, I would say, ambient. Um, and it does give off like some Cock 2 Twins vibes sometimes. Uh, but I also hear some stuff like Wall of Voodoo, Missing Persons, uh, Spaceman 3, Spiritualized. But at the same time, I would say that it doesn't really sound like any of those at all i'm i'm just <laughs> i'm trying to think of like i i was mentioning those things as things that you might be you might be into this if you're into these things mm-hmm. i would say that the most it would kind of give off the closest to sounding like would be something like cock two twins or something mm-hmm. like that um i don't know you may have a completely different take on that eric but um yeah, I really can't say much about this. There's six songs. It's a really short uh, and I think a really fantastic introduction to Glurge. I'm really excited to hear what he does with future releases. It's a little bit different than Aqualife was, which I think is great. I'm assuming that that's probably why he changed the name because mm. he's kind of heading in a, I feel, a darker direction than Aqualife. Mm. And another thing that I'm kind of confused by, and again, um, Andrew, if you're going to be listening to this, because we are going to tag you, I, I don't know if this is, I, I'm, I'm, I know that the, it appears that the recordings are all just Andrew, hmm. but he did refer to Glurge as a group in his Facebook post. So I don't know if he's got maybe a group assembled that's going to play live. I don't know if, He's got a group that's remaining anonymous for some reason. I don't know, but it's it's all great stuff. I, I really enjoy it. And um, I've always enjoyed the stuff that Andrew does. Um, yeah, so if you're into just really experimental, atmospheric sort of new wavy stuff, but also kind of, I don't know, shoegazy or something. Hmm. Again, I just really... I really can't describe this. It's it's really really good. It's really great stuff. Uh, what did you think, Eric? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I thought it was cool too. Um, yeah, I have not heard. I I don't know Andrew, and I haven't I haven't listened to Aqua Life, so this was new to me. Um, but it sounds like it's pretty different anyway. It is really wild and noisy, and moody and dreamy. Um, and overall mellow ish, that doesn't mean that it's boring or, or calm at all. It just, it's a little, it has a nice, uh, environment that it lives in, you know, 
but yeah, I read a little bit about the description of it and it sounds like it was built around vocal loops. He would record vocal loops, uh, octave them down, things like that, and then add guitars, synths, drums, mostly fake drums, which sound phenomenal, and vocals at times. It's really washed out, fuzzy, and really pretty overall. I think that it had really cool sounds, like it had big synth pad sounds. There's a lot of reverb-drenched guitars, um, twangy in a, in a in a in its own way, but also there's really fuzzy, wild snake finger from the residence type guitar solos too but they're kind of underneath none of this is going to just come out and make you go oh that's unlistenable like it's all very embedded in itself you know um there's a lot of trippy vocals that come in that teeter sort of um between sort of like pitch shifted androgyny i wouldn't know who was singing these songs and um, because the vocals are so affected. But yeah, it's sort of, I had a different take on it. I totally agree with the Cocteau Twins. Um, but it reminded me a lot, or at least a bit, of Angelo Badalamente, especially, obviously, the Twin Peaks mm. soundtrack. Mm -hmm. um, the David Lynch records that um, have come out. And uh, Cluster, quite a bit. And therefore, that would usher in probably a lot of other kraut rock stuff too, but cluster specifically and cigarettes after sex. I hear a lot in there too, especially vocally. Yeah. I found it to be really cool. And I hope that they play live and that I get to see them sometime. Uh, because I think, I think it'd be really cool. I think that this could fit in in sort of an ambient noise show, but I think it could fit in, in other types of performances too honestly i think it could just kind of be dropped into anything and be an enjoyable aspect of a show so yeah i liked it a lot and i hope to hear more yeah 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 it's great stuff a lot of a lot of good stuff coming out of uh coming out of iowa these days for sure yeah um so um what did we learn today eric oh my gosh i don't even remember back to the beginning oh my god yeah, like, I don't either. I think like we learned five something hours. about we learned something about Kirk Hammett. That's all I remember. That's that it. sounds right. I don't know what else you need. Um, I don't know. That's about it. I mean, what that's else? Really is there? about it. We talk really about metal. We review avant garde. That's that's our show. Absolutely. <laughs> I really hope that you guys uh, listen to this and say, "Hey, I would really like to become buddies, computer buddies with Dan and Eric." And I would really like to leave a message on Instagram or Facebook and let them know about some really cool bands or artists oh, that yeah. we should review or talk to mm -hmm. any of them, anything we will do anything. Yeah. So yeah. let uh, us know, matter let us know rap. you're listening. Cause we let don't... us. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, doesn't matter if it's rap, hip hop, Rap and hip hop, rap or hip hop. Yeah. We we got both kinds of music: <laughs> rap and rap hip -hop. and hip hop, country, western, metal. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about metal, but not country western metal. I'm sorry. Yeah, no country. Gotta draw western. the line somewhere. Is there really country western metal out there? Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure it's got to some, exist. Some half-ass Rob Zombie ripoff <laughs> bullshit sounds like. Sounds like that Everlast record or some shit. I like how the first, like, uh, 
the first artist that you associated was Rob Zombie. Well, mostly um, just the hat. Yeah, the hat is very the style. You know, you know, there was a conspiracy theory that went uh, went around that uh, Al Jorgensen and Rob Zombie were the same person. Oh wow! No, yeah. Al is so much uglier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, man. Well, I, I guess I really don't have anything else to add to this uh, yeah. Zoom cloud meeting. No, me either. Uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's good for me. <laughs> All right, y'all have a good. Y'all, y'all come back now. You hear? Oh my god. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh Jesus. Some half-ass Rob Zombie ripoff <laughs> bullshit.